the absolute pleasure and honour for me to have in the studio... <coughs> sorry, that's my nose bumping the microphone. Yeah. Steve Vines and Harvey Stockwin. Good morning. Good morning. Right, let's, let's talk about the grass always being greener on the other side, so we all know the news. In probably about five, six-ish hours, the Scottish question may be answered. You know, voters answering the referendum question. I had to have a little giggle. I was talking to a friend this morning who's Canadian, and he said, well, back in 1995, when Quebec wanted to go off and do its own thing, Canada just said, see ya, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Take me where you want to on the Scottish thing. Steve's got an article in today's paper. Why don't we start with you? Well, um, well one of the things that in, it, it, it says there is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of jumping up and down in, in the business community. And the business community always opposes change to the constitutional Don't we know framework. <laughs> um, some people living in Hong Kong might have noticed that. But the extraordinary thing is... That the dynamic of businesses that change creates opportunities. Entrepreneurs know this in their in their in their DNA. So the business community says yes, everything must change except for the environment in which we operate in. Well, that's kind of stupid. But having said that, of course, we do know that in the same way as Hong Kong's greatest tycoons were um, in favour of the status quo during the British colonial period and were sucking up to the British colonialists like nobody's business, as soon as the flag went down and a new flag went up, they were all born again. Uh, lovers of the of the incoming regime. Lots of knighthoods were conveniently forgotten. Yes, yeah, so, so, I so mean, what? you know, it, it, it's not inconceivable from our own experience that people can change their allegiance and change their point of view and accommodate the new reality. Yeah. I strongly suspect that should Scotland vote yes, which I have to say seems unlikely. It's um, very tight, though, or at least it was. It's very tight, but I, th I think people in the business community will, will adjust to the new reality. And some of them have been very stupid. I mean, you know, some of the retailers going around saying, you know, if you have an independent Scotland, you'll have to pay higher prices. Well, consumers will remember this and say, I'll tell you what, I'm not going I'll to those you, shops. I'll tell you one... They might say it in a Scottish accent. I even. know. I'll tell you one thing they've said they were going to do is, is certainly now the pubs stay open all night in Scotland, which is the English will say, well, that's one reason they should stay off on their own. You know, pubs stay open all night. All sorts of shenanigans could happen there. What's your take on it, Harvey? Well, I mean, the whole process is fundamentally undemocratic. In, in a way, uh, the United Kingdom has broken up already because <coughs> only one well, segment yeah. of it is being consulted. If the United Kingdom is to continue, and after all, it's gone on for three centuries plus, 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 then the whole of the United Kingdom should be consulted. That's not happening. That, that, I mean, that's a very interesting point. I have to say, though, that it is typical in these independent referenda that you only consult the people who are splitting off, not the rest <laughs> of the nation. I mean, certainly um, there's lots of precedent for that. Well, it depends. Um, Singapore was consulted. It had divided views on the formation of Malaysia in 1963. Uh, the, the British went ahead and, and uh, organised the creation of Malaysia, it, meaning Malaya plus Singapore plus Sabah and Sarawak. And as happened too often uh, in the British Empire, 
uh, unity failed to be sustained uh, by the political process. I mean, the classic example, of course, is that uh, the British created unity in India that hadn't existed before, hoped it would continue after independence, and of course the Pakistanis and the Muslims weren't interested. Can I tell you a bit about, um, you're talking about who can vote, who's consulted or not. There's a very interesting article I've got here about very famous Scots people who can't vote because you have to be registered to vote in Scotland, and it includes Bill, Billy, Billy Connolly, Sean uh, Billy Connolly, Sean Connery, Sir Alex Ferguson, all sort of world-renowned jocks. They can't take that, that is one of uh, another of uh, the strange aspects of it. Yet uh, Chinese migrants from Hong Kong who've taken up residence in Scotland, they have the vote on the future of Scotland, even if they've only been there but, a few days. But can I just say? Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with Harvey fundamentally about this but one of the things that really does strike me about this is that if you look at most independence movements and the creation of most nations it's been forged in blood there's been a war india pakistan um you know the secession of pakistan was covered in blood the secession of bangladesh from india was covered in blood most of these instances well turn back the clock a few centuries to, to well to you this don't even need to you, you, you can go you know the breakup of yugoslavia etc 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 lots of blood has been shed in this instance and the only of- blood will be shed will be sort of blue blood through the ink that people use on their their ballot papers. And there has been an enormously high registration of of, of voters for this, over 90%. I mean, these, to me, are, are strong positives. There are problems, but it's a very strong positive that there is a democratic process through which this decision will be made. Now, Harvey's point is that the democratic process should extend to the whole of the United Kingdom. Or, if not that, at the very least, the whole of the the Scottish race. You know, there are 1.5 million Scotsmen living overseas who, because of the definition (laughs) of the way this uh, uh, referendum has been put, cannot vote. You know, it is... the, The definition is people resident in Scotland, which is why lots of foreigners are going to vote, but, but, well, but an awful like, lot of Scots like, are not going to vote. I don't like vote. that. I don't like that. I feel that if people have settled in Scotland, they are entitled to vote. I don't It brings back there. that fantastic phrase, you know, we're talking about people all over the world. My favourite thing, uh, well, I'm sure I nicked it from somebody, but f- the world is full of people who do anything for their country except live in it. Yes. <laughs> well, well, you know, why, why are people like Sean Connery, notably, yeah, not right. living in Scotland? He doesn't want to pay Scottish taxes. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, you know, you get what you, you get. What you get. On that one? Yeah, I mean, would you trust a, a, a crank like Alex Salmond with well, power over your He's he's opted not to pay them, therefore I don't see a problem with them opting not to give them the vote. And I don't see a problem, incidentally, with Chinese people who've emigrated to Scotland being given the vote. They live there, they work there, they pay taxes there. They damn well should have So his point is it's not so much who who can vote, it's it's basically who can't vote. I don't have a problem with that. I think if if you've opted to live out of your country... I mean, I have no vote in Britain, although I'm British. Neither do I. Neither do I. But but then, on the other hand... I don't, I, have no I, vote don't in Hong pay, Kong I don't pay British taxes, but I do have a vote in Hong Kong. Yeah. And I can vote for whoever the, the, the comrades tell me to vote for. I want to split off on this <laughs> a little bit, because you're going to be hearing a lot about this, certainly on Radio 3 and all over the place. I'm interested in like, implications on the world, some stuff that's happened in history. And I'll tell you what, as regards Scotland, whatever happens, Edinburgh remains one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And that's a fact, huh?
Well, sorry. Which? I said Edinburgh. Edinburgh, Edinburgh oh, yeah. remains yeah, yeah, one of yeah. the most beautiful cities in the world. But anyway, you know, you're talking about stuff that's happened in history. Uh, implications of sp- splitting up in general. Well, it's, it, it's very common and it's an almost, you might say, uh, an irreducible factor of international politics that people will... Uh, the British, uh, you know, have tried to impose unity, perhaps bearing in mind 1707. Uh, uh, they've tried to impose unity all over the world and, and failed, as we've it's mentioned... True, actually, isn't and, it? Yeah. And, and we've, as we mentioned before... But uh, uh, the, the, the problem, it's, one of the problems is that, uh, in this case, is that, uh, uh, you know, too little has been done. The, you were talking about blood. There was oceans of blood shed between England and Scot- Scotland in the centuries. Yes, 300-odd years ago. Yeah, yes, yeah. indeed, indeed. Uh, and now it, it has been ended, and... You know, uh, on a prime ministerial whim, because basically, De- De- Cameron gave it, gave in to Salmond in for whatever reason I can't imagine what, and ordered this uh, referendum, which is highly questionable. And there's another way in which it's questionable, and that is that you know uh, Salmond's idea is that Scotland will become independent uh, early in. 2016. What he doesn't seem to uh, acknowledge, and what the debate in Britain doesn't seem to acknowledge, is that uh, the United Kingdom was not created on the basis of an act of Parliament which can be rescinded. It was created on the basis of an international treaty between England and Scotland at that time, and the, the, the House of Commons has no power to rescind an international treaty. That's, that's absolutely flat. So, you know, uh, supposing there is a yes vote, fulfilling that yes vote is going to be incredibly difficult. Mm. Uh, and uh, I doubt whether Salmon's uh, target of getting independence in the first few months of 2016 can be met. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, we talked about, sorry, Steve, we talked about sort of broadening this out a bit. Something I want to get to in a minute is David Cameron a goner either way. But a little comment here from Scott, one of our listeners. He says China must be praying this all goes bad in Scotland or they are preparing board faced lies for the local media to make that case. Yeah, yeah well, that's well, absolutely isn't, true. Isn't that a fact? I mean, you know. Give chi- Tibetans the power to have a well, vote on China. independence. Not only China. I mean, the Spanish are getting very exercised because they're they worried about Catalonia going its own way. Uh, about the Basque country going its own way, which is not a theoretical possibility because there are very enormous independence campaigns yeah. in both of those countries. But uh, And, of course, the interesting thing about China, and this is what I love, is China goes around the world saying we absolutely we can't abide people meddling in our inter- in- internal affairs. This is totally wrong. Li Keqiang goes to England and says, those Scots shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to have independence. Well, wait a minute, hang on, is that interfering in the internal affairs of the United <laughs> Kingdom? I, I'm not an expert, but I think it is. All right, then, let's spend these last few minutes. My question about David Cameron, he's, been, he's had some serious flack over this one way or the other. Yeah, he's a goner either way. I if don't it's think either way. 
You don't I think so? I think so. Um, uh, a, a bet? Uh, yeah. um, um, <laughs> Three shillings uh, and sixpence. If, if, and a goat, if, if it goes is, yes. If there is a yes vote, then he's going to be blamed for Scotland... Uh, for the uh, break-up of the United Kingdom. The break-up of the United Kingdom. And uh, I, I can't see him recovering from that. If only they Even had if the vote is close, he's in a bad way. If only they'd had this debate with the Welsh instead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> with the Welsh. <laughs> yeah, let them go. <laughs> Serious, Harvey seems to think David Cameron's over. A lot of people do, but Steve, yours. Well, I agree with Harvey. I think mm. he is a goner. If he's the Prime Minister who presided over the break-up of the United Kingdom, I think it would be very hard for him to survive that. If they do win the campaign and the um, no campaign prevails, the United Kingdom remains intact, people are quite pragmatic. I think particularly Tories are pragmatic. They just look at results. They say, well, there was a campaign, yeah, and then be. they will claim a victory. They will say, we won it. The fact that, you know, Tories are more scarce than, than, than pandas in, in Scotland is neither here nor there. And it's uh, uh, just in parentheses, can I say, isn't it, isn't it extraordinary that the leading figure now in the No campaign is the so-called totally discredited Gordon Brown? Well, who, who was who, being superbly eloquent. We just heard him on the news and said, well, if only know, he was that dramatic people, when he was the PM. Have, I, 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 I've, I've happened to slightly know Gordon Brown. I've never been one of these people who, 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 who thought he was hopeless, useless and all the rest of it. I'm actually not surprised that he's proved to be so eloquent yes. and proved to be such an enormously powerful force in this campaign. Yeah. But, you know, if the no's win... People will know very well that there's nothing to do with David Cameron's intervention. It will have it be a lot to do with, with Gordon Brown's intervention. We just heard that clip on the news, didn't we? We, we, yes, we both said, blimey, if only he was that eloquent the, the, and dramatic. When he was Prime Minister. It's not the property of a pr yeah, politician. It, I think Gordon Brown's greatest strength is not to be Prime Minister, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it could well be. <laughs> so what happens then? Um, you said, you know, David Cameron will be blamed uh, for breaking up, etc. Well, look at the other side. How is he a goner the other way? Uh, if the... Uh, Both sides of the argument. Well, don't forget that uh, the Scots are going to claim, if, if, if the vote goes against independence, they're going to claim that that was because a, a lot of concessions uh, uh, were made uh, uh, of... Uh, What's the, the, the British name? Devolution. Devolution mm. promises were made uh, to such an extent that I personally think these promises indicate the union would be weakened, whatever happens. Uh, but uh, the, the fact of the matter is Cameron's going to be blamed for those concessions, even though the Labour Party and the Liberal Party supported him in offering them in, in a way to, you know, people weren't saying uh, uh, we're gonna, we really believe in union, we're going to sustain they were effectively saying we've got to bribe the Scots to save and that, that is to stay and that suggests to me that the long run future of the United Kingdom is greatly weakened but coming back to China uh, I, think, I do think that uh, China has been furious because uh, the last thing the Chinese want to see is a lot of people going around and off asking people uh, in this part of the world whether they would like to be independent and, and giving them, this is why I think it's very important not to lose sight of this, and giving them the right to vote for it. <laughs> well, listen, exactly. here's, here's one just to wrap up with here. So David Cameron has spoken of his pride in being a posh jock, of his Scottish ancestry. <laughs> yeah, but the it's funny, is, everybody's how, got that. I know, how Scottish is Cameron? Let's come back for a little while after the news for this one.
want to get in touch, it's morningbrew at rthk.hk. Still in with Steve Vines and Harvey Stockwin. That's the name of the band, really. I've got an email here. Some of your here. best friends. I've got an email here from Pete, and that actually sums up, you know, the people do scratch their heads about these things, as you pointed out. So Pete says... My niece's boyfriend, a Canadian who is in his first year at university in Dundee, has the vote in this referendum. He says 16-year-olds have the vote. Scots who live in Carlisle do not. Is this democracy? Well, it's confusing, Pete, that's for sure. It's confusing, but, I mean, every, every series of elections draws a line somewhere. They've drawn the line at the border between England and Scotland. They have, in my view, very rightly lowered the voting age because I like the idea of younger people being involved in the process. Yeah, that's good. Because right. they'll live with the consequences. Mm, sorry, I disagree. I think that opens... Good, that's to, what we need. That's uh, one reason why the yes vote is so strong is because the young people who don't think very hard about these things have been carried away with the Salmon's rhetoric. Um, a tiny bit of a generalisation there from Harvey. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, let's leave this one. This is going to, this is, funnily enough, I wish we were talking tomorrow morning. Yeah. But, um, you know, just let me ask you one on one what do you reckon, yes or no? I think personally that it is in danger of being a narrow victory for the yes. And uh, my reason is, you know, uh, the reason why I thought this uh, referendum was a bad idea in the first place, and that is you give an emotional issue, and, and there's no doubt about it that Salmon has been very good with the emotional issue, and uh, the no voters have had great difficulty. How do you vote no for anything if Emotionally, it's, it's, it's always a difficult position to take. And uh, you're quite right to mention Gordon Brown. He did a beautiful job, but it was very late in the day. So a squeaking yes from Harvey. Uh, I'm not as brave as Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. Uh, a prediction uh, within 12 hours, well, 24 hours probably, of, of the result being known. Um, I'll give a confident prediction once we actually know the result. <laughs> <laughs> All but, right. But honestly, I, I, yes, I, I think the only thing we could all agree on is it's pretty damn close. It certainly is. We're talking things like 48-52. Anyway, yeah. we'll see. We'll chat more about this another time. Let's bring it slightly closer to home. I was tickled by uh, the news that the former Secretary for Education and Manpower said the other day that students would not be rational if they express their views on Hong Kong's future. Not rational. They're well, he, he went, he went, he went further. And, I mean, uh, this is Arthur Lee we're talking about, who, who, who uh, has a disgraceful record anyway. Let's not forget that. But on this thing, he goes further. He says, oh, they shouldn't just boycott classes if they really want to make a point. They should... Um, uh, they should quit university altogether. And then he said, oh, I'm not the time recommending that. Well, listen, idiot. What's his rationale If you're for not recommending <laughs> it, don't say it. And then he goes on to say, oh, you know, I mean, we've seen Tibetan monks committing harikiri, and that didn't work either. I mean, that this is the ration. This is supposed to be from the rational side of the argument. People talking loosely about suicide. Oh, isn't that a funny subject? It wouldn't be the I first time, would it, it, Steve? I don't think it is a funny subject. There's some idiot columnist who's also added his uh, oar in and says, oh, Harry Kiri, ha, ha, ha. Do you know what? Shut up. Yes. <laughs> this is sick. This is sick. What is happening here is this mobilisation of the great and the good against the um, uh, civil disobedience movement the movement which they claim is so odorous and illegitimate that it will bring chaos to Hong Kong, yet 
the antecedents of it are enormous. I mean, you know, if, if, if they had their way, they'd have shot Gandhi, they'd have shot Martin Luther King, they'd have shot all these people who are now enormous national icons, but their career started by leading protest movements that weren't lawful. Well, well just sometimes you have to do that. Can we stay with the student thing for a second? Because I know there's some bigger issues you want to talk about. But this notion that Hong Kong students are a bunch of heaving, psychotic loonies with par, uh, below-par IQs. These guys rank, some of them, academically, some of well, the best I, in the world. I, I can also they tell you that I, I've had the privilege last week, not this week, of, of meeting a group of these students. And I can tell you... They are very, very smart. But this putting down of people... Well, you know, this putting down... I mean, immature, I, I'm, I'm... You know, I'm very wary of these generalisations. And obviously I haven't met every single student in Hong Kong. That would be a stupid thing to say. But I have met people who are in leadership positions of this movement. Mm -hmm. And I can assure you, they are very, very smart. And they have a lot to say. Um, I don't agree with everything they say, but, you know, hey... What does he mean, though? It, they, will, they will not be rational. It doesn't even well. This is this patronising thing that you know they're not me. Therefore, they can't possibly be rational. They don't agree with me. That's irrational. They're rational in their this thinking. Is, this is called ego because their thinking <laughs> makes sense to them. So to them, that's rational. I well, mean, that's I mean, that's a kind of if yeah, you want, yeah, that's a kind of weirdness, isn't it? Anyway, you wanted to go a bit further with this one, anyway. Well, I was ju I was just going to say so. So you've got Arthur Lee on the one hand leading the campaign to personally discredit, which is what he's trying to do people who he disagrees with, not bothering with the political arguments. And then you've got um, Zhang Dijiang from the uh, Chinese government making a statement that, that he's confident that the overwhelming majority of people in Hong Kong are supporting the um, National People's Congress recommendations for making a farce of democracy. And he said, of course, I say that as objectively as possible. Uh, and is there the smallest shred of evidence? In fact, Opinion polls are running very strongly, showing not only that people do not support these proposals, but they think it's correct that the um, Democrats in LegCo should block them. So I don't know what font of knowledge he's drawing from. If he gets all of his information from reading the pro-Beijing media, yes, he may well conclude that. But nobody in Hong Kong reads the pro-bridging media, media, so I don't think anybody else will conclude that. Let me ask Harvey a question here. When you read this stuff, and let's face it, these guys are very well known for doing this. I mean, we're seeing more and more quotes from the Global Times and whatever in our news today, and they're just doing this brushing Hong Kong aside mm. stuff. You must have seen stuff like this all your life in the various countries you've worked, Harvey. You know, the propaganda papers. Do people take that much notice? Uh... Well, yes, you do take notice when authoritarian power is behind the bigoted views. Uh, and uh, it's not that China is saying everybody agrees. What essentially China is saying is, I'm in charge, I say you should agree, therefore you will agree. I no, mean, but Zhang is actually claiming that there is popular support as yeah, well, in, he, in addition uh, to what he, you're saying. Yeah, and, but he's doing that simply because he knows he has the power to put away for four or five years someone like Liu Xiaobo, uh, a really well-educated Chinese, who has thought through a considerable 
considered view of China's future, which in any other country would be respected. In China, he's put away for 11 years, and his wife is uh, uh, held, uh, even though she's been convicted of nothing, she's under effective house arrest, without any apology from Xi Jinping, without any lessening of of, of the uh, so-called legal sentence. I mean, you know, China does that to its own dissidents, so naturally mm. it assumes there are no dissidents elsewhere I'm in glad, the world. I'm glad I brought up the propaganda, uh, sort of controlled media press, etc., because there's an interesting thing. I haven't seen this for real, but I've got a picture in front of me on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, mm. and it says to President Xi Jinping, People's Republic of China. Great big thing here. It says, please honour one country, two systems, as prescribed in the basic law. Hong Kong people want true democracy. And then it says, don't stage a Tiananmen crackdown in Hong Kong. The whole world is watching. This, this is their editorial, is it? Or? It's, it's, yeah, it's right up there. Oh, no, it's, a, it's, an ad, it's like an ad. A oh, big, it's an ad. Yeah, I see. It's in very, very yeah. black and white. So that's the other side of media, well, you that, see. I, I mean, you know, um, that's, that's ghastly foreign intervention in the internal affairs of Absolutely. China, which we should all condemn thoroughly, unless it's about Scotland, in which case that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think just, just coming back to the core of this, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the struggle now is clearly reaching a very, very crucial stage. I mean, we've had confrontation in Hong Kong between those who believe in democracy and those who don't for a long time. This isn't new. But my view now, and this is why I'm really uneasy about it, is that China actually wants a confrontation. Lots of saying that. They want blood in the streets. They want to arrest a lot of people. For the reasons that Harvey talked about is because they now say in their minds, well, you know, if we can't win their hearts and minds, at least we can bang them on the head yeah. and and um, prove to them who's in charge. Steve, you talk about, you just said some who believe in democracy and some who don't. Is it more like, I'm talking about Hong Kong here, of course, is it some who believe in feathering their own nest and some who don't? Well, I mean, if you if you benefit from the status quo as it is, obviously you want to preserve it. So that the majority of the establishment opinion, which favour um, the, the retention of the system as it is, benefit from it hugely. I mean, if you're a big tycoon and you get sweetheart deals with the government, you, you're allowed basically to do what you want, why on earth would you want to change the system? If you're the other 94% of Hong Kong, and I choose that figure arbitrarily, but I mean the overwhelming majority of Hong Kong that's squeezed out of these cosy arrangements, you might say, well, I think I might like to try something different. Harvey? Anything you want to add to that? No, nope, nothing to add to that. All right, then. Well, let's just, you know, we're obviously going to have to see what's, what's, what's going to uh, come about. Certainly with the issue we started, the, the Scotland, uh, what do we call it? Devolution. <laughs> Devolution, <laughs> Devolution yes. issue. Devo Max. Lovely to talk to you both today. Thanks for coming. Harvey will be back at his normal time of Tuesday, right? Good. Right. Fingers crossed. And well done, Steve. We'll chat next week at the same time.